everybody, and welcome to the Texas Rangers baseball podcast. This is episode 33, and today, Dave Raymond, the Texas Rangers play-by-play TV analyst, is going to be joining us. But first, Jeff and I, we got to get into the team. Jeff, yeah. how's your week been so far? It's been busy. I am. I'm, I can't believe it's already Wednesday. I know. No kidding. We were there Monday night for that. Uh, got out kind of late. How late were you there last night? I didn't go uh, last night. I don't remember. I, I think I was home by 12.15, so I... I think I think I left the ballpark before midnight, so that's that's always a victory. This guy's working the whole time, guys. I'm trying to get videos down and doing stuff, but he's typing and going. I learned that from spring training. <laughs> when I would get up to get my coffee, we shared a, a home that we rented for spring training, and he he was going when I got up, and by the time I was going to bed, he was still writing. So hey, let me tell you what, uh, Rangers today is worth it. The guy's putting out something every day, so this is. I agree. <laughs> you yeah. agree, and you're running. Tell them the special you're running right now. Well, right now we we decided to do a six month subscription for uh, thirty five dollars, and basically six months is the the, the span season. of a baseball season. Exactly. So if you if you don't care about anything except for opening day to the the, the last game of the season till one sixty two, then that that might be the right might right subscription for you guys. But five ninety nine a month, sixty dollars a year, and now thirty five for six months, and so you get you get a little price break if you if you don't want to do the the full the full. Hey, uh, but it's worth to stay the full season. We're gonna go yeah, all week. We, I mean, look, we both have vacations we might take in the off season or do whatever. But I'm telling you, we went all off season up and when we started this thing, yeah, yeah. maybe one or one week we missed in the whole time that we started. Well, I, th- this I thing. think right around Christmas. Uh, Slow, well, yeah, we have we don't, but no, but we did, we taped one ahead. So even even then, I think I think it was the week after Christmas was the only one we've, we haven't done. So as far as podcasts go, and then um, right starting in. January second, I've written every day, every day, every day. So and stuff posted. My my wife told me I got to take a day off this week, so we'll see we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, we have to get someone to fill in. Okay, look, the Rangers are six and eleven. Yeah. They've won four out of the first six, uh, four, four out of the last six games. Obviously, when we came on here and did the first in studio episode, we talked about how they they were obviously tanking, yeah, trying yeah, to get to. Right. So it's obvious now this is a this this is actually a World Series contender. They're going <laughs> to run away with the West. Probably got two or three Cy Young candidates going into it. But in all honesty, pretty good week, pretty good road trip. Yeah, if you if you go if you go on the road and you come back um, better than you were, then then clearly that's a good road trip. They 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 split, and really I think that's all you can ask on a road trip. Yep. being realistic um but but you know it seemed like the momentum kind of carried into monday they had a really played a really good game monday they didn't play very well tuesday night um but you know they're playing a, a really good team the astros they got the braves coming so it, it's a good it's a good week to kind of figure out where they are and you know you're starting to see the starting pitching get stretched out a little bit yeah we'll talk about which that. is which is important saves the bullpen a little bit um the hitters are still searching a little bit, I think, but I think that's kind of a, a baseball wide thing. You know, you look, you look across the board. I noticed guy, that. guys aren't hitting home runs. Um, even the Astros lineup last night. You know, you, the big video board at the ballpark, they they list the averages and it's like one eighty five, two twelve. A lot of below uh, two hundred on, on both two, on both yeah. sides. Yeah. So uh, I think you know the bats are, are still trying to catch up. Well, you know, and 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 that first <laughs> week, what everyone talked about, of course, it's all. Chris Young and JD's fault. They won't go get pitching. Let's look at what the pitchers did this last week. Your last five starts, starting yesterday with Hearn, who, by the way, wasn't his best, still went five innings, only gave up four runs. You go back to Dunning, who went five and two-thirds innings, only gave up two runs. They had that opener day with uh, with uh, Richards and Howard. Out of your two openers that went in, they gave you four innings, only two earned runs. Perez was the star of the week, yeah. six innings, no earned runs. And then you got Otto, who talked about stepping up who had five innings and one earned run. 
He's going to get another start. Right. Look, at this point of the season and where we're at, technically maybe like first week out of spring training, about where opening season is, you're not going to go much more than five innings anyway. That's a great week. It's a good week. Well, it's a great week considering where they where they had been. And, exactly. And, you know, the Oakland A's probably had a little little something to do with that, but you got to beat those teams too. And um, But you get stretched out. You have some success. It feels good. It doesn't, you know, these are major league players. Anytime you get them out. It, it feels good. Um, I, I think that, you know, uh, of of the, what you just read off, uh, the concern is with, with Taylor Hearn, who's on our backdrop today, and he, um, the the velo wasn't there last night, and it's been yeah. it's been hit or miss. And and one thing that I know that the afterward, all the coaches and a couple of the executives talked about was they compared him to what what they're seeing now compares to what they saw in 2020 with Mike Miner. Um, coming out of that summer training camp 2.0 it was only three weeks right minor comes out and he has a dead arm you know his velocity's off and a uh, little shoulder fatigue taylor says he feels fine and that's fine but every pitcher goes through dead arm but it's usually in spring training right and so the rangers are wondering right now if, if he's going through dead arm and they don't go on the dl because of it they just have to work through it right and so that might be where he's at but you know he's it's not like he's a seasoned veteran you know he 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 was a starter for maybe half the season last year, so sure. it's, it's a small sample size. They like what they saw once he when when he when he is out attacking and pumping mid nineties in the very first inning. Yeah, that's when he's his best, obviously. And so they they want to see that he you know he he has to show them something. They, right, they have options, um, and you know if if this is the season where you have to earn it, where you're not given anything. Taylor Hearn might be the first example of a guy who needs to to earn it. And again, you know, the Seattle start was terrible. The home opener he gave up a bunch of hits, but only one run. But still, it just seems like it's it's not clicking yet. And again, maybe it's the dead arm. Maybe it's just a first month thing. But they're watching it. Yeah, and it's not it's it, it's not it's not what we expect from Taylor. It's not what we saw at his best last year from Taylor. Right. I do like the fact he ended up going five innings for your bullpen. That's fantastic that mm -hmm. he went through that. Um, he obviously wasn't his best last night. <clears throat> but let's talk about also the lineup. And, and look, Seager and Simeon, for what they've done, have not been the mm -hmm. Seager and Simeon that the Rangers wanted when they signed them. I'm not panicking. Most people aren't panicking. The lineup is still producing runs no matter what. Having those two in the lineup, they changed something up the other night when you and I were yeah, there. They yeah. put Adolis Garcia second. Right. I liked it. It produced that night. Um, it did. It was just a shakeup, I think. Lefty, righty, lefty, or what was the reason? Yeah, well, Framber uh, Valdez pitched for Houston, a left-hander. And the, Ra the Rangers liked, liked the matchup. Uh, but also, you know, Ad Adolis is when he's when he's at his best he's aggressive in the strike zone right. and, and and putting pressure on on hitters and so the the thinking was uh especially after the, after scoring two runs in 18 innings there to close out the Seattle series or I'm sorry the Oakland series that he might that those three might kind of invigorate the lineup kind of set a tone and you know it, it ended up not working early in the game against Valdez but right. it, it sure worked out late um you know Gar Garcia he he homered last night yeah. Um, the, the the guy when he's right, yeah, is is, is, is can do a lot of damage. Um, but to the earlier point here of a couple minutes ago, I'm not sure anybody's just right. Nate Lowe's Nate Lowe is is hitting 365, let's say 370. Yeah. Um, hasn't had what, the power uh, right, surge, but he hasn't had the 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 pop. And, right. and he talked about that yesterday. So these guys are are and and with 
with the ball. There's a couple stories out that the ball has been changed this year. Um, you know, pitchers are ahead with their analytics. Right. They're always head ahead early in the season anyway. It's just it's kind of a baseball wide uh, scoring dearth, I guess. And um, you know, I, I think Marcus Simeon hit hit a ball last night that. I'm sure he thought would have gone out. Yes. And, you know, and, and, you know, Marcus, you know, keep in mind where he played last year, he played in a minor league ball, two minor league ballparks, and then for, yeah, for very hitter friendly uh, Rogers center. So um, that might've opened his eyes a little bit, but um, it's, again, it's, it's a baseball wide thing. Um, it's not specific to the Rangers, right? but it's something that, that needs to get better. And, and it will, as they get more at bats and see more pitches, it'll get better. Well, and I think is if anybody looks at the lineup and looks at last year's lineup compared to this one, I'll tell you this. And last night as the guy that sat at home and watched it on mm-hmm. the TV, you you're watching the lineup and no matter what the situation, whoever was coming to the plate, you thought, okay, this might be where something could get started. You felt confident throughout yeah. the lineup. This is a guy that's capable of getting something started and going. There were a lot of times last mm-hmm. year, uh, down three or four runs, going late in the innings. You you were kind of looking at the clock, going, okay, if they can, if it's three up, three down, we'll get in the locker room pretty mm-hmm. quick or get in the clubhouse and go. This team right here seems like they're capable all the time of doing, it. and they made a late little push there too. They tried, they didn't get anything yeah. across, but it, it's fun to watch a lineup where you actually have a little confidence that, hey, something could get rolling here, no matter what they're doing. Yeah, and and it's definitely a more talented lineup. There's there's no question about it. There's more potential there. And, and through 17 games, you know, the offense sure. has been a strength, I guess, if you're going to break break down the team. The offense has been okay okay to very good at in, in some games. So right. uh, I, don't, I don't think there's a lot of concern there. you got Mitch Garber who's struggling – uh, that's probably the biggest concern right now. Yeah. It, it looks like uh, Garcia and Simeon are are starting to yeah. to get on untracked. I guess uh, Corey Seager is just a great hitter. I don't, yeah. I mean, if 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 a, you know two forty is his bad month, then your yeah. <laughs> the Rangers are going to be in pretty good shape there. Uh, but 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 Lowe has taken the step forward. I think that's the I think that's kind of the key to the offense. They needed to see uh, certain guys improve internally. Uh, and and Lowe was one of them, and I think he has a better understanding of who he is after last season. Right, made some adjustments, um, and and it, you know he he's a smart hitter. He makes adjustments from pitcher to pitcher, and we talked about that yesterday with him and Chris Woodward. I mean, this is a cerebral guy um, who who isn't isn't afraid to to hit against lefties. He will hit the ball the other way, which which really he's done a lot. really affects shifts on him. Um, so th- this is, this is a good development. Again, he had, you know, last year, his first five games, I think he, he had like the second most RBIs in MLB history for a guy in five games. It was something huge. So he has started, he started fast last year. He's starting fast this year. Can he sustain it this year? And so that's, that's the goal I think, but it looks like the foundations in place. Yeah. And absolutely. And if he stays, look, he's not obviously probably not going to hit over 350 I don't think I think eventually it comes down to earth mm-hmm. if he stays anywhere around 300 for the season a few bombs in there you'd like to see him get up close to 20 something like that mm-hmm. if he doesn't as long as he's putting up the OPS getting on base and what mm-hmm. he's doing maybe first base isn't an offseason thing they're really worried about this season they were looking at options for first base yeah. if he continues with what he's doing everybody's saying they still needed to see what this guy was doing Rangers were patient they're seeing hey it's his to lose 
if he stays with what he's doing now or even close to it or stays around 300, I don't think you're looking off. So you're going to be looking for an outfield bat. You're yeah. going to make sure Young's going to be ready to go at third base. And then obviously starting pitching if you haven't figured mm-hmm. out where you're at. I'm already talking next year. That's crazy <laughs> doing that. But, but this team is this team's not a playoff team. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're a lot better team. They're not a playoff team. But, man, there's some fun things to see. And this – look, there's guys on this team – and I'll say a name, Cole Calhoun, Willie Calhoun, that at the All-Star break, I'm going to be interested to see if they're not doing what there's – I mean, there's players that could come up and do things. Yeah. You're on Tavares' bandwagon, so am I. He needs to be up here, I think. He could be in this lineup. Yeah. Because um, I think Miller easily slides over to third for platoon there. You could put Tavares in center, move Adolis over to left. With But Cole Calhoun's another name. He's not hitting like – you know, five the, the five million he signed for. Yeah. He's not putting up the numbers you want. He is a good at bad. I mean, he works counts, but you know, no production. And Woody has said you have to earn your spot on this team. He's going to play the players that are that are hitting that are doing it. Yeah, I, you know, I I I did a Q and A with Chris Young for uh, the website, um, and and I really kind of hit him, hit him on the when are you going to start calling guys up thing, and he's big on player development in the minor league. So I don't think anything is imminent. Sure. <clears throat> on that front, even with Tavares, who who is still hitting, I think around 350 or 360 at AAA, uh, had a double big double last night to help start a rally. Um, these, these guys have to show it in the minor leagues too, and I think uh, I think he's at probably 70 at bat, 75 at bat. So maybe he gets to 200 end of May. I, I was thinking early May. Right. Uh, I kind of got shut down there by the GM, and that's fine. Uh, but unless an injury happens, <laughs> yeah, or right, because he does have the 40 man, but. I'd say by the end of end of May, it's it's a it's a real serious look. If he has, if let's say, two hundred at bats, and it continues like this, they he, he might force their hand. So, um, but yeah, see who I mean, played, guys, did you see who played center field in AAA last night? Well, Josh Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> and his bats coming along too, but not on the forty man. Right. Um, but you know, I think the, the you, you talking about next year and us kind of looking at next year. This is still a development year. Sure. And and. This should not surprise anybody at this point. They said it was. The Rangers have said that, <laughs> and they've said it since October October fourth. You know, mm-hmm. the day after the last last season ended. I know they spent all that money. Yeah. But this is still a development year, and and Nate Lowe is a guy. Adoles Garcia is a guy. I know Adoles Garcia had thirty one home runs or whatever last year and was an all star, but his second half raised some questions. Absolutely. So there are guys that that have to produce and things that you have to see and things that the Rangers, you know, set out to see, you know, that's why they didn't maybe go get uh Matt Olson or spend a, spend a ton of money on, let's say Freddie Freeman, but right. j- just as an example, exactly. a, a first baseman, because they, they, they think Nate Lowe can potentially do that and be a cost effective guy for four or five more years and take that money and put it into a left fielder or starting pitcher or something to that effect. So, right. It's all part of this giant interwoven baseball plan that every team sets out. You know, it's not just a one-year thing. Chris Young said it's a 10-year thing. You know, they want to be great for 10 years and not rushing prospects is part of that. But so is developing guys that you need to help keep the budget down so you can afford another Marcus Simeon or Corey Seager. Exactly. Or get into the mix for like a Max Scherzer at some point. You know, something to that effect. When you're playing at the top of the market for – for, for big even uh, if it's a big, year or two big, and you could go get a big dollars guy. yeah well and, and they are they are so poised <laughs> for really some good stuff in the next year or so you and i've talked all the time about how minor league system is currency it's that mm-hmm. extra currency you have 
And I know people, I, I see it on Twitter all the time, these, these people that get on there about, well, this isn't fair, there's this logjam. That's a great thing to have right. It's a logjam. You can't understand what depth means, to have depth sure. there. One, one, look, you're one injury away from, from one of these guys having to come up, and if you've got all that depth or you've traded it away, but, man, when the time comes and you're at the all-star break or you're going to the – not the all-star break, you're coming up to the trade deadline, mm -hmm. and you're a, you're a reliever and a starting pitcher away and you're already – up at the top of the West or whatever, you've got the players to go get it, and you may not even have to go to the top of your prospect yeah. to go. You, if, if your system's deep, you have the currency to go get. Right. That's how they did it with the Cliff Lee thing. Um, when they traded Cliff sure. Lee. Cole Hamels, too. Yeah. Cole Hamels, too. And th don't be surprised this year. I wouldn't <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if they made a move. It would be a long-term move. They're right. not going to go get somebody that's going to be here a year and a half. Right. I think it would be a bigger deal than that, or if, unless they feel it's somebody they could extend. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing at, at that. There are two currencies in baseball, money and minor leaguers. And you part of the reason you get so many minor leaguers is to trade them. I Absolutely. mean, that's, that's just that's just the way it is. Right. So, But we still have 145 games to go this season. Yeah. And a guy who's going to watch pretty much all of them is, is going to be joining us here in just a second, uh, Dave Raymond. So, yep. uh, let's let's let our uh, our gums stop flapping and let's bring in Dave. One more here. thing before we get to okay. Dave, and we'll, we'll end it with Dave on that. I want to ask your opinion on this. Monday's May first, May second. They've got to trim the roster. Who's got to be looking? Who do you think? Uh, who do you think is going to go down? Do you have any ideas who you think might be? Look, there's guys that can be optioned. Obviously, yeah. that's going to help. Uh, but is, is there anybody that should? prepare to either go down to round rock or maybe look for a job well if you have options i mean I, I i think that's always the first the first move if you if if you know the rangers don't want to dfa anybody so they look at the guys with options um you know you know who they are yeah i don't know that and, and a lot of times you don't these guys don't deserve to get sent down but it nope, happens nope. and um but you can only have 28 uh 26 next right Tuesday. and 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 you can have you can keep an extra pitcher so you can keep 14th pitcher now um, that means a, a position so, player might be so, one of that. 10. I mean, it, 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 it could get it could get a little unfair, but you know, a, a forty man roster spot is a, a blessing and a curse sometimes. Sure, absolutely. All right, all right. Let's get Dave in here. Okay, guys, Dave Raymond's coming. He's the TV play by play guy for the Texas Rangers. Dave's coming right up. All right, and joining us now is the Texas Rangers play by play TV analyst. Most of you know this face, and uh, he was begging to come on here. We finally allowed it. He's been bugging us for about a month now. We, we finally got him on here. Yeah. It's Dave Raymond. Dave, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Well, my pleasure. It's a, it's great <laughs> to be here. Watch out for the labyrinth yeah. of, of yeah. here. Yep. No, the nice part is you don't. Uh, there's no makeup unless I, unless there's I a trick a being played <laughs> here. <laughs> I put a little on okay. just to yeah. let you know. But... Jeff's, Jeff's a little pasty. You got to get yeah. some, okay. some, some color All right. there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. So, uh, yeah. Um, Thanks for coming. It's it's great. Uh, this is our third show with the studio. Right. John Daniels, Chase Lee, who came from Frisco on a game day. Whoa. Yeah. And now mm -hmm. Dave Raymond, who came from Flower Mound on a game day. So yeah. That's on the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a little kind of on the way to work. So You had to yeah, get I to Tarrant County. So exactly. you're in Tarrant County, and everything's good. Speaking of, of good, <clears throat> or maybe not so good, um, what, what's your, your uh, take been on these first uh, 17 Texas Rangers games of the 2022 mm. campaign? Yeah. Um, I'm a little surprised <clears throat> that it hasn't gone just a tad better. Yeah. Right? I yeah. don't know. I don't know where yeah. you guys come down 
on this. And by better, I mean, I guess, specifically looking at wins and losses. Sure. But I haven't been, you know, like disappointed per se either. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm caught in the middle right now. I feel like this team can and will play a lot better than they have. Yeah. So I guess, you know, like as a parent, you'd be, well, I'm a little disappointed. In you. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, you know, it's such a long, daggum season. You yeah. know that they'll get into a little bit of a role. And it's just funny because as, as we're doing this here today, you know, we're looking forward to Glenn Otto's second start, right? right? And the first one, to me, is a real inflection point for these first couple weeks of the yeah. season. To me, that yeah. was where, you know, the night before there was the big win in Seattle to salvage a win in that series. Right. And they did it in, you know, good comeback fashion, great, exciting moments toward the end. And so you felt like, okay, maybe, maybe this is something. It isn't anything until you win the next right. day, though, you exactly. know? Mm -hmm. And then Otto comes in, and it wasn't just the winning, but it was just a, a real sort of confident, great game on the mound, which we just hadn't seen. Exactly. And it just kind of took some of the pressure off, I think, and I think everybody kind of relaxed. So it ended up being a good series and then won the first one against Houston. So starting to feel better. But I think I think they're going to be fine. I think that the dice are loaded, right, is the way I look at it. Right. They went out. They did the work in the offseason. Mm -hmm. they, they've got the, you know, the guys in place, I think, who can win. And so now it's just a matter of, I think, still a little bit of sorting out and some of the pitching coming together. And they'll be, I think they'll be fine. I mean, they're not going to win a World Series this year probably. But I think they'll be. I think they'll be pretty good. I think the thing that has uh, it's taken me the taken. Um, I'm I'm not not surprised about, but like every day I show up to a game or turn on the game, it's like oh the Rangers could win. Yeah, the Rangers could win tonight. Yeah. Whereas definitely the end of twenty and all of last year, or really and really the end of last year after mm -hmm. the trade deadline is like these guys have no chance. Yep. It will take a miracle for them to win this game. Yeah, and so, you know, if if you know, people see these signings, are like, oh well, they should win the World Series. Like, no, no, not when you lose 102 games. You know, yeah, and, and yeah, it's not a 50. But but I mean, I think you feel the same way. Like, okay, these guys can win. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think they absolutely <laughs> can. You know, historically speaking, very difficult to go from 100 losses to you know, meaningfully relevant the right. next year. Mm. You know, I think the, you know, you're talking about, you know, 25 to 30 win improvement is kind of historical. Right. You know, you don't, right. you just don't do that. Right. So um, at the same time, no team in history had ever spent $561 million. <laughs> after losing 102 games? Ever. Like, yeah. forget well, it. Well, after, yeah, after winning any number of games or losing any number. It, it just had never happened. So, you know, they put their money where their mouth was, right? I mean, all yeah. season yes. last year, they kept saying, like, oh, we're going to be active in the free agent market. Oh, okay. Well, what does that even mean? Yeah, right? we all rolled Whoa. our eyes at that. <laughs> they were really active after the 20 yeah. season, yeah. but it was Kohei Arihara. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so they, you know, they made dramatic improvements, and it'll show up. There's still some pitching stuff that needs to be done, right. but it, it's coming along quickly. But I, I think you would agree with this. The way I felt about it, especially from 2020 through the end of last year, any game, even if they're behind, you're starting to think anybody coming up in the lineup, you're like, you know, this guy could start something. You never felt like, okay, well, they're down three. This is, you know, what 
time's the clock going to tick out? I made that point earlier because we're just ready to get to the end of the game. Uh, you really feel like the Rangers, if, if as long as it's not an eight-run lead, if they're anywhere four or five below um, that, that they, there's a chance someone in this lineup can spark something. Last night, late, yeah. they started to try to get something together there. Everyone's putting together better at bat. It's a different lineup. It's just a much better lineup. It's a much better lineup. And, you know, you take the the guys who performed well last year, and they, again, sometimes it's it, we lose – perspective I think because we're in the middle of it every day but when you go back and think about a 102 loss season and and just how that thing played out last year how difficult that was on everybody mm -hmm. that Adolis Garcia posted 31 homers and yeah. 90 RBIs in in, in in that especially as the season wears on you know big pieces of the lineup are being lost via trade right. that kind of thing mm -hmm. um pretty amazing and so now what you're asking of Adolis Garcia this season is so much different. Yeah. And I think I think it will serve him well. I hope it does. I really yeah. hope it does. That what we saw last year is the type of thing that can be repeated. I think the coaching and the style uh, that, that they're trying to uh, employ this year is, is also advantageous to anybody in this lineup. So um, I think you'll see the big jumps. Not big jumps. I don't think you can see a big jump from Adolis Garcia. But if you can see that consistently from Adolis, that's huge. Yep. And then... Nathaniel Lowe, yeah, that like yeah, I, I feel like we, we've seen real improvement over last year, and last year was a good year, right? So, boy, those types of things are terribly encouraging, and the fact that we are where we are now, seventeen games in, and Seager, Simeon, and Mitch Garver just really have not contributed no. offensively. Yeah. <laughs> is that's the type of thing that you know, you, you're finding the silver lining, I guess? But man. You can imagine this team getting a, a just a little bit hot offensively. Sure, yeah. they're going to pound yeah. lumps on people. Yeah, sure. The um, Gar yeah, Gar Garver's the one I think that he was he wasn't a signing, you know, free agent right. signing. He was a trade acquisition, but still, you know, the <clears throat> traded a very popular player to get him and to upgrade a position that the Rangers have just after the Pudgers have been historically miserable. Um, but um, it, yeah, to your point, if he gets going in the middle of that lineup. And it take, can take pressure off of Nathaniel Lowe and Adolis Garcia. I mean, that was kind of the, the domino effect of signing those guys and getting those guys was to give Adolis and Nathaniel a chance to breathe a little bit and just kind of be who they are and never even figure out who they are. And I think yeah. Nathaniel's definitely doing that. I think I think Adolis is in the, stuck in the middle with some coaching things. But, um, it, yeah, it's working for, yeah. for Nathaniel. And, then, and the other thing we you know we haven't even mentioned like Nick Solak, <clears throat> right? Boy, yeah. You know, again, when you're putting a guy in a position, you know, more platoon now facing not exclusively lefties but primarily lefties, right? And limiting whatever defensive exposure you feel like is a part of that equation, you know, sometimes in left, sometimes DH, whatever. I mean, it it just it it just makes such a big difference for a guy to know. And simplify the task on a daily basis. Yeah. Good lord, this game is <laughs> complex and demanding. You know. Mm. So, um, yeah, and, you know, and we, t I, I think, <laughs> I tend to look at it from the perspective of the guys who were there, and 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 maybe it's because they they've all shown such big improvements, and have been the ones contributing primarily yeah. to the offensive load so far. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I, like I would have to say, like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what Marcus Simeon's bat's going to look like in this lineup, in this ballpark, et cetera. Because we really, we just haven't seen a lot of it yet. Right. Yeah. And even Seager, you know, he's 
he's staying afloat, but you know that he no doubt feels something right now too. Like he expects to do better. He sure. wants to do better. Um, and he's waiting for that stuff to kind of fall into place for him. But uh, Lord knows, man, th th there's some guys that could get going here and this thing could get pretty interesting. Yeah, and Solak, what, what I found about Solak, because Jeff and I talked about this before the season, that was a guy that I thought was kind of on the bubble. Didn't even know yeah. if he'd make the team. There were yeah, so many no new things coming in. And what I love about Solak, he earned his way in spring training onto this team, and he is producing. And, yeah. uh, you know, even where, you know, Woody is an analytics guy, but Woody will go field. So, like, he, I've talk, talk, Jeff and I talked about that, where he took Solak and put him against a right-hander after he had that great first game. Yeah. He went ahead and played him. You know, Woody likes to ride the hot hand and do that. So, Solak's been impressive to me. And when you have – look at the bottom of the lineup. Willie Calhoun's batting eighth or ninth, a guy that was leading off a lot last year. Sure. I mean, this is – this is an improved lineup, pitching, like you said. That's what's got to come together. And the last five, uh, what you got from the starting position, even in the, the the game where they had the opener, you've gotten some good pitching the last five starts. John Gray's coming back um, to fill that spot. I mean, look, if they can hold you in a game, this team can be in any game. If you can hold yeah. that starting position, the starting pitcher can go four, five, six. You want them to go five or six. And that's where they're getting to now. That was yeah. impressive. Well, that was the, and that was the deal with these Rangers teams in 08, 09, and 10, and even 11, the, the really good teams. was like a, if the starter can get you five and keep you in it or get you six, they're going to score enough runs. So right. I don't know if that's the formula that these Rangers want for winning games, but it could be a formula. You know, yeah. it doesn't, they don't have, you don't have to have one formula to win a game. Like those, you know, that 08 team, which in a second, and I, I was still below 500. And, 30 games behind the Angels or whatever. Right. You know, you had Michael Young, Ian Kinsler, Josh Hamilton's first year, uh, Milton Bradley before he really lost it and became a felon and went to prison. Um, <laughs> you know, you you had I mean, that team scored a ton of runs. Yeah. And um, then it just slowly got better as the pitching got better, you know. And I think that's kind of where they're <clears throat> they're at now. If I was going to – I think I drew, drew a parallel. That's something I've done here in the last – month or so to that team because ne next year could be the year where they like the 2009 rangers went 87 and 75 and and were in it until the last week and then 2010 and 11 is when they took off one of the world series but um just kind of waiting for the pitching or, or waiting to decide if they need to go spin on the right guy right um so right. I, th I think there's development still happening and <clears throat> starting yeah. pitching you've got to you've got to assess and they told that and that's where the fans i think come up short <laughs> After you spend five hundred and something million dollars, and they're thinking we need to go sign pitching, well, we may have pitching. That's what the the Rangers are saying. We've got to see what the and they're at the upper level. You got double A AA and triple A guys that could be part of this rotation next year. Mm. You've got to see if they're going to be a part. You find out they may not. You will go sign some free. They're going to spend on pitching this yeah. winter, I believe. Sure. If, if if they need to, they will. And plus, we haven't seen Hernandez or Leclerc who are due back at this That'll bullpen, help. so a lot's yeah. going to change there too. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to. I mean. I also feel like, and you might have a better feel for this than I do, because um, Chris Young hasn't told me directly exactly what they did <laughs> and didn't do in the offseason, but I have the, a, a strong sense that it, their plan wasn't just to dump all that money at the beginning, get John Gray and a bunch of bats, but that they were hoping that they would be able to add some more pitching, maybe at the back, you know, coming out of the, uh, the CBA the negotiation uh, well, yeah. Yeah. And, and but I, I i think they just you know a couple of them didn't hit you know yeah. it just didn't work yeah. 
And then they were left like, okay, well, let's see what we can do with what we have. And I think that's where we are. The other, you know, they've got a lot of depth too, as you guys know, um, especially positionally up the middle mm -hmm. and more than they're going to need for the next seven to 10 years. Right. And so those guys represent fundamentally some currency that they have then to go out in the market sure. and make a deal yep. even this year. Okay. So, yeah, I think there's more pitching coming. But I also I, I do think you don't want to get too far ahead on that because I, I, for the first time in, oh, I don't know, 50 years, it seems like there might really be some high-level talent yeah. percolating in the minor <laughs> Absolutely. league. Absolutely. It's just it's, it's irresponsible to not at least give it a chance. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You know, because it – and you look at the A's teams and, you know, with Mulder and Zito and Hudson. I mean, that's that's the dream right there. And, sure. Uh, for any team, not not just a low-market, low-rent, yes. ballpark Oakland A's team. That's for any team. Absolutely. And so and it, it just it makes you so much healthier long-term and, and financially and anyway. So before we uh, – I, I guess we can finish talking about baseball because I have – some questions for you about just being back in the ballpark on the road. Oh yeah. <laughs> what were the last two seasons like for you uh, and mean, then CJ and Tom and, and you know, yeah. Uh, it was crazy, right? I mean, it was not, um, yeah, you, you, you want to be careful the way you position it because, uh, it was a tough time for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there were people dealing with a whole lot worse than any of us were dealing with, Excuse me. you know, our, you know, our experiences, we always, we tend to talk about them professionally and what a challenge this was or that was. Okay, well, you know, cry me a river. Mm -hmm. um, you had a job, number one. Uh, and number two, again, our little fantasy land of our work, working in baseball, please. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so now, it wasn't ideal, right? It was yeah. definitely not ideal. Um and for me personally, so it was a little bit, I think it's a little bit different for play-by-play -play guys than it is for analysts. So, you know, my job is to set these guys up, make sure that they're addressing all the right things and, you know, just kind of guide this little ship through the night. Um, and but part of that is identifying players and being on top of the action and knowing what in the world is happening. Mm -hmm. And when you're not there... Oh, I can't imagine. It's really, it's a white knuckle ride because I can't see. Now, I'll just, you know, not to bore your your viewers to death here, but like, as as a play happens, right? As I'm watching the field from my perspective, obviously there's the pitch that you're concerned about, but when the ball's in play, boom, there it goes out into right field. Okay, well the right fielder's angling at it. I may or may not be focused on describing what he's doing because the runner at first may have gotten a good jump or a bad jump. And I may have at least one of my eyes on him, like, uh-oh, yeah. what's he yeah. doing? Right. How did the guy get out of the box? Is there anybody coming to back him up? Where's the cutoff man going? There are like, you know, seven or eight different things you're looking at. Third base coach, he's anticipating stuff. And so all that stuff, you know, is part of my calculus as the call's being made. You know, you rise to the moment. You're, you're trying to rise to the moment. You're trying to identify what piece matters. And so, you know, wh what if... What if the right fielder, you know, I don't know, trips, just stumbles briefly, but I don't catch it because I, You're watching I'm a watching a third base coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the thing, right? I am a prisoner to whatever that screen is showing me. <laughs> right. And so you're screaming and yelling about something and thinking something's happening. Well, and it's not. <clears throat> right. right? Yeah. The guy's laying yeah. out there on his face on the warning track, 
and you're concerned about what the third base coach is doing. Is he waving him or not waving him? Well, he doesn't have to do anything. The guy's laying down out there. Yeah, absolutely. So that to me was like every single play. You know, as a play-by-play guy, we all tend to, you know, think that what we do is really important, right? Oh, man, how could the fan uh, enjoy the game without me telling him that that was a double that they just watched with their own eyes? Right. Um, but, you know, we're all very insecure about being exposed as idiots, right? As early play guys. Sure, yeah. It's just, it's terrifying. You don't want to look like a fool. And so, I mean, when I say it's a white knuckle ride, it was intense. It was exhausting because I'm watching that thing as close as I can and calculating everything else that I could imagine could be a part of it and then just hoping and praying that I'm getting it right. And we've seen it even this year, you know, and now it's, it's really distinct when you see now some of these teams that aren't traveling their announcers and what's going on in their broadcasts. Mm. And they're getting blown. Oh, Excuse me. Pardon, pardon me. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're getting blown up on, yeah. on Twitter and yeah. stuff for, for mistakes that are a function of how they're trying to cover the game. So I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. And, then, and then worse worse still was I got into all this stuff because I loved the characters, the personalities. Sure. You know, yeah. when we were kids, the way the games were presented to us, was probably different than it is today. We didn't have as much, but I wanted to be a part of the action, man. I want to be down there with the players and the managers and the coaches and the umpires and know just the little minutia right. that, that made the moments. And when you can't be there with them, you can't talk to them. You can't. You can't even get a sense for their moods. Yeah. It just. I mean, it's very. You know, this is a weird word that that you may have picked up during the. The pandemic, it was, it was isolating. Oh. Yeah, I felt isolated. Oh, imagine that. Well, <laughs> so there, was a, yeah. there was a game last year. It was in June, and the Rangers were at Oakland, so you were at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And it was a day game. And there must have been – there were at least two home runs. Joey Gallo hit one of them. But it was a, watching the game, and they just – you were relying on your the other team's production crew. Yeah. And – and so, like, they were just showing the right fielder, and you're like, oh, there's a fly ball to right field, and the right fielder looked like he's cam- camping under it. He turned around, and it's like 90 rows deep. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's a home run. It's a, yeah. I, was, I felt so, so yeah. bad, bad for you, for you. Guys. I remember <laughs> some of those calls that he would do. You know, you yeah. go, Joey hits one right fender. Oh, it's gone. You know, you, and he was after it had landed 14 yeah. rows back yep. or whatever when he would have yep. been calling that one. That one looks good. It's or deep. It's, it's off the bat. It's yeah. no yep. doubt. Yeah. yeah. But you have no idea. You have yeah. no idea. But yeah. You saw what we saw. Yeah. yeah. And Seattle was another one. There was another. Dad, there was something in Seattle that something funky happened on a play. Oh. I, I can't remember it, but you, you guys were like. I don't know what the hell. I mean, you didn't say I don't know what the hell's going on, but I could I could feel it in you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying, you try yeah, not, you know, you try not to expose that either, right? Because yeah. you just wanted to, you know, perpetuate this this sort of mystery that well, where are those guys? They must be there or something. I don't right. know how they got there, but right. But no, I mean, it was that. That was that's the thing. Road games in particular, absolutely terrifying. For those moments. <laughs> so it's good to be back. Out it is that. so good to be back. I mean, I really, it it you know, on the other hand, that that's the upside of this whole thing is the appreciation of being back yeah, mm-hmm. and just the mood, you know, yesterday in the clubhouse, Jeff, Jeff walked over at some point and, and was like, this was the greatest day I've ever had in the clubhouse. Like a, like an eighth grade kid, right? Like just so productive. It was so, <laughs> and it was, it was awesome. We, just certain guys were available and chatty and, but, but really we haven't had like, that for three years. We haven't, yes, we haven't yeah. been around them. And, and even, even if they 
aren't that chatty or available or whatever. It's like, hey, Jeff's here. You know, you talk to Jeff. I can see Jeff and hang out. Like, it's just, uh, it's just such a different animal yeah. now. So yeah, you just appreciate everything a little bit more, I think. So the Rangers come back from the Bay Area, which is where much of the Dave Raymond story. Yeah. This story is amazing, guys. If you if you haven't heard this, I love listen. I've heard him talk about it before, but there's more. First of all, you're from Gearing, Nebraska. That's that right? right. Did yeah. you were you born there, or you just right you grew up there? No, I was born in Orlando, Florida, um, near Nebraska. Right, right. just <laughs> just outside of Nebraska. Yeah, I was born in Orlando, Florida. My dad was working at Disney World, or what was to be Disney World. Okay. Um, and he had kind of a you say. Startup days, so he was working in the hotel, like uh, reservation center, trying to figure out logistics of, I guess how that would work. Yeah. And then sometimes he would wear the costumes and be in the <laughs> in the park, you know, walking around, hey kids, and mm -hmm. signing autographs. Right. And the day I was born, he was goofy. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. The day I was born, he was. Right. He was you goofy. learned something Parallel. new on this yeah. show. Some parallels Everybody. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he was out there signing autographs, and my poor mom was. In labor. <laughs> in labor. <laughs> I don't know if back then they even went in the delivery room. I mean, no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't for me, so I, no. I don't remember that. I, I'm just envisioning uh, him getting in the hospital, goofy mask off. <laughs> yeah. Sucking on some heaters, yeah. waiting to find out. Boy or girl. Now, now, so you, Gary, Nebraska, I guess yeah. you went to high school there. Did you play any sports in high school? Uh, yeah, any, any, anything and everything, of course. How um, big was it? Was it a big school? Or? No, I mean... <laughs> For that part of the country, so Gehring's in the Panhandle of Nebraska, out okay. by Wyoming, mm -hmm. and it's a tiny town, maybe 5,000 people, but um, it was also the town, amazingly, that other towns, they would, you know, get the family, put them in the wagon, and come into <laughs> Gehring, maybe to do a little shopping, <laughs> right. or okay. something like that. Going you to know? the big city. Right. To, yeah. So um, so it wasn't an insignificant town, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a big, big city, so... Like, my class had 110 in it, I think. Okay. Which was, at the time, the largest graduating class uh, at the wow. schools. Okay. In the school's history. But, so anyway, yeah, I played a little football for a while. I was a backup quarterback. The long two-hour story about my quarterbacking career. Um, it's really to, fun. trying to keep it tight here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Uh, but uh, after after my sophomore year, I gave that up um, and did a little cross-country. But I was really, I was more a basketball player track i love baseball um not surprisingly so much yeah so much but i i never played on the high school team didn't play on any travel teams um but I, those weren't around when i was in no uh-uh uh, but i played you know in the local leagues and stuff but i i just i you know I, I tried hard and i was a pretty good athlete growing up but baseball's tough right yep being an athlete doesn't make you a good baseball player exactly. it just doesn't and being a good baseball player doesn't make you a good athlete right. so sure. um but uh, I, I, I struggled and to the point where I was like 13 or 14, I remember one summer I had, I really, really committed myself in a way that was probably unnatural because I just wanted to make an all-star team once. I just wanted to be cool. And, um, so I got off to a good start and I would go to the batting cages, ride my bike and go hit and all this other stuff. And uh, mid summer, I started getting the worst stomach pains and oh, it was no. every day. And I was just basically twisting myself up in crazy knots you know mm. i was uh, having trouble sleeping at night and i'm leading off my pillow and i mean just got super goofy and i was like eh, maybe i ought to rein this one in a little bit but <laughs> i so i made one all-star team as a kid sat the bench uh for the most part and cracked wise and then 
uh, and that was that. But I was I was more a good basketball player and 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 jumper really in track. Okay, so so you're growing up in Nebraska. What are your favorite teams growing up? Did, I mean, who did you follow? Did you not really have one? You just kind of who was on TV a lot? Or? Yeah, you know, we were so we were we were pretty much out in the middle of nowhere, and we didn't have cable and the the whole you know superstation and all that stuff. So. I was um, a Broncos guy because okay. we got that. Um, and, uh, you know, Kansas City would have been the closest team at the time, but I, I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't all into that. Eventually, right. for some reason, uh, I think the first game I ever went to, my parents took us to a Braves game in Atlanta. And they were oh, terrible, right? Right. Just a oh, horrible, yeah. horrible team. <laughs> but they had Dale Murphy, and he was great. And yeah. I ended up just uh, thinking he hung the moon. And so then I be, kind of became a, a Braves fan. Braves fan, you know. Even though you didn't get the station. That no, no, the, not until I was like a junior or senior in high school. It might have been my senior year in high school. We got, you know, the cable and the WTBS and all yeah. that oh, stuff, yeah. and I was oh, so yeah. excited. But then I went off to school. And right. So, so it was, it was interesting, right? It's, it, I think there's something to it, having actually not been indoctrinated by a team and or their announcers at the time. Sure. My exposure as a kid to announcers it was like Joe Garagiola, Bob Euchre, wow. the guys on the Game of the Week or the World Series, sure. mm-hmm. and and so I loved them. Joe Garagiola was my guy. I mean, that was the guy. I just I just thought he was crazy awesome. <laughs> he was funny. He was yeah. good, versatile. Now, that's interesting. Is that what? Now, when did you think that you wanted to get into sports broadcasting? Was it when you were in high school? Or did you get to college and think maybe this is something I want to do? Mm, no. So there's a turning point somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I I always I, I I envy the guys who have that story right, right. who were as children dreaming of that at age eight or something. I didn't ever think of anything in terms of jobs right. I never thought of. I never. I don't think I ever wanted a job. Yeah. <laughs> so like the idea of being a policeman or a fireman or a doctor or something I was like, well, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> uh, so so uh, you know I I ended up and and I I think too where I grew up, it it was pretty obvious that you grew up and you were a farmer or you worked in some sort of support of farms. Right. So um, that's really all I knew. Um, and, I, and I think, it's, I think it's, it's interesting now as an adult out in the world, and I've lived mostly in metropolitan areas, you know, you'll hear people talking about like, you know, hey, th- there's real value in kids seeing this, seeing that, or uh, young kids learning about this profession or that profession. And you're like, you, darn tootin', yeah. because if they don't see it, if they're not aware of it, then how would they ever know? And and you wouldn't. And so, like, I I, I didn't know. But anyway, I, I went to college and just thought I would I would be uh, something. I would be professional at something, maybe an attorney or yeah. something like that. But um, then late in college, as everything else was unraveling, and I, I had no clue what to do with myself. So did you get I a scholar? Yeah, now, listen, he goes to Stanford. Yeah. You ran track at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Now, did you get a scholarship, obviously, or nothing? Uh, you just Stanford's where you went, and you just ended up what? Yeah. So when I was, was midway through high school, and I again, you know, didn't really know what to do or how to do it, um, I had this teacher, my one of my track and assistant basketball coaches, came up to me and was like, "Hey, Ray, he's like, uh, what would you think about going to a school like Columbia? Like Columbia?" And I will say. <laughs> One of the first book reports I ever Lou did Garrett. or autobiographies was on Lou Gehrig. Yeah, right. And this was like fifth grade, and I and I thought I I was like, whoa, he went to you know, Ivy League school, Columbia, and he was like the smart guy. I was infatuated with this notion, so um, I thought Columbia, that's yeah. that's outrageous. 
I mean, I guess, sure, yeah, I'd go to Columbia. So he had gotten a note from their track coach and was like, look, we have trouble getting athletes who are, you know, the, the, the quick twitch, you know, jumper, sprinter type guys. Um, if you've got anybody who, you know, be potential for us, we'd be interested. So he sent my name in. They started recruiting me. And then that got my dad all geared up. He was like, and I really wanted to go to Stanford at the time. He said, well, we should write the Stanford coach. So we wrote the Stanford coach. And they got involved. And they're like, yeah, we're interested. So, um, you know, there's a today they call it a preferred walk-on, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, right. you're recruited to be a walk-on. I, I would say it's similar. The, the, and the deal was, like, if I hit NCAA qualifying marks in long jump or triple jump, then I'd get a full scholarship. Well, that's goofy. You know, <laughs> they, they gave me, you know, I knew what those numbers were. I was like, oh, well, that's just a this much. Well, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, the, anyway, I a was big a slap of reality hit yeah. you in the face there. Yeah. Okay. So after track, mm -hmm. well, not not after track because you ran track there. You were the senior class president at Stanford University. Well, it turns out those two are related actually because I quit track. Um, <laughs> oh, see that? I, I called it, so yeah. I knew this. Okay. Yeah, the track career didn't 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 um, take off quite the the way I'd hoped it would. I think you said the other night, the other day on the broadcast that you were you were busy. Uh, with your carb intake. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I you know, there's, <laughs> you learn things along the way, right? But yeah, my, my carbohydrate intake had, had advanced to such a level at college where I found it actually detrimental to the track career. What you was know? your favorite carb at the time? Was it like malted <laughs> beverages or like, you? Those worked. Yes, uh, those worked. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, that's the other thing you discover in college, right? Right. Um, yeah. So I learned how to do that and, and, uh, and I had trouble. I had I I have a time management problem, okay. which uh, your editors are going to run into right. uh, cleaning this thing up. But um, uh, so I, you know, I we had you know mandatory weightlifting at six a.m. and stuff like that. You know, and it was a struggle for me to get to those things, man. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> and then and then I noticed like you know the performance wasn't exactly keeping up, and you know, <clears> and then I'm nodding off in classes. So anyway, junior, I quit my fr this was the best part was I quit my freshman year. Okay. Um, I quit like spring quarter my my freshman year. I was like, oh, that's great. I'm out. This is thank God. This is whew. and my coach kept calling me. Hey, uh, how can we, we need you to practice? I was like, no, no, no. I quit. Like, no, you didn't. I was like, no, I quit. I'm wasting your time and you're wasting mine. I mean, yeah. this is not going anywhere. They're like, no, no, no. We need you. We need you. I'm like, you cannot be serious. Like, you see what I can do. Like, <laughs> this is not good for anyone and she was so great she was like you actually play a very important function on our team because i was the team clown <laughs> oh my and, gosh <laughs> and i was you know like it, during practice i just make fun of myself and just be goofing around all the time and for some reason the our head coach he'd coached some olympics and stuff like that brooks johnson he was a tough bird man yeah he was not playing but i couldn't read the room and so <laughs> I just flipped him all kinds of grief. Right. Uh, and and then he would make an example of me, and he would just punish me, no end. And they loved it. Everybody loved it. <laughs> and so I was like the rally loser, you know, on the team. And so, and believe it or not, that argument worked. I was like, well, you know. Hey. <laughs> now that you mention it, I am pretty funny. <laughs> so, um, you know, i kind of been thinking about a few things. So I went back, and I ran for like two more years. Finally, my junior year, I was just like, Betsy, I'm out. I just, I can't. We got a new coach. He didn't, he really didn't respect 
jumpers and sprinters and stuff. Comedy. Yes, and comedy. Or the comedy. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had no sense of timing. He could, he could read the room. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I was out. I was. And but I, but I was, at that time, then I was like, but I've got to, you know, I got to do something, because um, it was a big part of my identity, and it was really hard, right? I, I right. wanted people to know, like, oh, that's Dave. He's a varsity athlete, right? Right. Like somehow that tag or something meant something to me, even though everyone I knew it meant nothing to them because I wasn't a good varsity athlete. Right. Like, oh, there's Dave. He's my friend from this class. Or there's Dave. Oh, he's that funny guy that I met. But no one cared. Like, oh, he's a varsity. He's a long jumper. Like, mm. like, <laughs> like, what kind of game is that? Well, you know, perhaps you saw me the other day, 22 feet, four inches. Yeah, it was great. Not wind-dated either. So, um, so yeah, so I quit that. And I was like, I got into student government. Yeah. And and the radio, the KZSU radio thing, because I was like, that seemed like fun too. And so that's that quitting track led me to those two things. Okay. Yeah. So what is the story about you living in your car? Mm. Did I hear that? Mm. You did. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, lived in or out of or both. Right. You um, were sleeping in your car. Yeah. Yeah. So when I graduated and I didn't have a job, and I that had, thing you were talking about that you didn't know what those were when you were want, in high school. Yeah. Never wanted well, one. Never wanted one. Okay. Um, I, uh, I had just kind of gotten into the radio thing and figured out, like, well, that's what, you know, that's the direction I want to go. So I didn't, I was inexperienced to the point where I, I didn't think I could, well, I just couldn't get a job right then. Right. And, um, at the same time, I didn't want to bog myself down with a lease, um, a couch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like utility these, bills. Yeah, these things are all well, they're traps. I mean, they really are traps, right? I and I I recognize that at the outset. I'm like, if I sign a six, eight, ten, whatever, two two year whatever lease, however that works. Right. Um, well then I'm stuck. What if what if I get a call from the, you know, I don't know, the Southern Oregon Timberjacks. Yeah. We, we need a guy. Um, I want to go. You want to be ready to go. So that was largely the motivation. That and the fact that there was no income. <laughs> and, um, and that's, no a, that's a problem. And yep. no one would give me a lease. So, um, you know, so I, I, you know, couch surfed for a while. Um, also from the student government days, I had keys to every building on campus. Wow. KZSU, I had all the keys to, to that building. <clears throat> I had keys to the student union. And so I would go and I, at night I would sleep in there. And then I would run out and, you know, every once in a while there'd be a close call where you'd hear somebody <laughs> coming in early and like, oh, God, I'm on the couch in this reception area. Yeah. Uh, so there were there were some dicey moments, but um, uh, it was largely, it really was just about just trying to avoid being trapped. And, um, you know, and I, and I think, you know, I tell kids this stuff at times. Uh, when you talk to classes and stuff, they'll ask about that, that time. And it's scary to them to think, of that and right. it was it wasn't scary to me but you know i had it all figured out you get a banana and and a day-old donut mm. at the the country market i would shower at the the stanford pools right and um you know so i had all these little things that worked um and ways to get food and so i felt like i could pull it off for a while and i knew look at the in at, at the end of the day if things went terribly wrong Right, I had a great network of friends, and I had a family back in Nebraska that would welcome me back with sure. open arms. So, you know, I, I've talked to kids in in tougher neighborhoods and stuff, and they talk about food insecurity, and I have to stop. I'm like, look, man, listen, what I'm talking about, that was 
it, it doesn't compare to real kids with real food insecurities. Sure. Like, uh, I knew I knew somewhere back there there was a there was a safety net. So, right. um, it was insane. It was also really fun. Yeah. Um, so, and it, you know, Lord knows, it, it ultimately it worked out. I'm on my feet now, and I'm gainfully employed. And I have a feet. place to live. Yeah. 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 How did you? How did it? How did it happen? What was your first major league job? I mean, yeah, obviously you had to work in the minors. You did some other things, called some other sports. What, what was your path? Yeah, that's the. Uh, it's a it's a you know it's a long winding path, and I'll spare you some of the details. But you basically you got to get a you got to get a minor league job yeah. if if you want to do what I wanted to do. And right. I was and I was pretty pretty clear, pretty focused on what I wanted, right? Which right. was, I wasn't worried about being a sports announcer. I didn't want to be a talk show guy. Um, I didn't want to be a football announcer. I wanted to be a baseball play-by-play guy. Okay. So that really made it pretty clear what the path was. So I had to go get the minor league job. So mm-hmm. I worked four years for an independent league team, the Sonoma County Crushers, mm-hmm. um, and got a lot of experience, a lot of reps there, and I needed them badly. Mm-hmm. And then I... Went from there, got a job in Charleston, South Carolina for a year. And then that led to a really weird offseason. Um, but ultimately <laughs> landed, yeah, in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, with the Iowa Cubs, a triple-A team, and spent five years there. And I thought, well, that's it, right? Once I got there, I was like, no, I'm good. Okay. This will lead to what I need. Well, I got a fill-in job with the Giants one year. Um, and then uh a Cubs job came open and I couldn't get any traction with the Cubs, which was right. weird. I was like, well, I've been in your AAA guy for five years. You know me. I yeah. know your yeah. players, et cetera. Like, you're not even, I'm not even going to interview for the job. That was scary. Right. I was like, holy crud. I mean, I've, we're 10 years in, 11 years in on this thing, and I got, I got no traction with my team. Yeah. So I panicked, and I was like, I'm out. And um, I got one, one last angle that I'll take. And that would be to go into a big market with a minor league team. So I went to the Brockton Rocks, which is okay. a suburb of yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. And I figured I'll embed myself in a market, maybe meet some people, get some credibility there or something. Maybe that's part of the problem. I don't know. Also had a fill-in job with the Orioles that year. That saved me because that I turned into the Astros' full-time job. But I, I, I wanted to see, like, do I, still, do I love it for just what it is? Because mm-hmm. you start to wind yourself up. Right. Uh, you know, every day is about leaving the job you currently have. Well, that's not a fun way to exist, I can tell no. you. Exactly. I did it for years. Um, so I was like, I need to find out, do I do I actually still love what I'm doing? Like, that's a good test by going to Brockton. And um, and then maybe this little experiment works. Well, I went there and I was having fun. I still loved it. And I just let go. You know, I just kind of let go at that point. And that really helped. And that you know, with the Baltimore job, I just chilled and just did the games. Didn't stress out about the Orioles games, and and those tapes ended up being good and got me a job in Houston. And, and then that and led you here. Go. That led me here. Yeah. Okay. Heard a rumor. Uh-oh. Maybe I read this. Uh-oh. Are you the only minor league play-by-play guy that was involved in a trade? Um. N- no. Oh. Well, I guess someone. But were you traded? Uh, so I was traded. <laughs> <laughs> not but, not for your bat to ball skills. Not no nor <laughs> nor really for my broadcasting skills. Um but the cool thing about this to me is when they did the trade. So this was I was in Charleston in 99 and mm. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was my first year with an affiliated team. They were the Devil Rays at the time. Right. It's fair to say. Uh <laughs> Devil Rays uh single A affiliate. Okay. They still are, by the way. And uh yeah, well the Rays. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So um uh 
I was kind of content to be there for a few more years. Sure. You know, this was a um, uh, Mike Veck, Bill Veck's son. Okay. And sure. Bill Veck, the crazy impresario. Right. Absolutely. Back Marketing baseball genius. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, his son, Bill Murray, they had this great ownership group. They were really fun. It was wild to be with them. And they were the, they proposed a trade to me in probably like February. Well, how about this crazy idea? We trade you to St. Paul, and you go work for the St. Paul Saints, and then their announcers will come back down here and do this. So I was like, well, I mean, but I don't really want to go to St. Paul. I right. kind of like it. Minnesota, or is that St. Yeah. Paul, yeah. Minnesota? And they, were, right? and they were independent. And sure. they were independent. I'd just yeah. gone into affiliated ball, and I was like, well, I don't I, mean, I don't feel like this is really being done in, in my best interest. <laughs> yes. am, I, am, I, am I misreading this here? And they're like, well, you know, we think it'd be – I said, yep. Yeah, it's cool for you guys. That would be neat, you know. Oh, it'll get a lot of coverage and press. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Um, but it is still sort of my life, right, in my right. profession. So uh, it didn't sit well with me, but I really had no choice. And they kind of made that point, too, because they owned both teams and everything. And so they made the trade. And it just so happened in the intervening couple of weeks, I got the job in Iowa. That's and was what I heard. And was able to bolt. Now, all right, all this stuff. And so it still gets in Sports Illustrated, and, you know, they're having fun with it, and everybody's everybody's happy. Um, and then only, like, a little bit later, when people would be like, oh, you are you know, you were traded. You're an announcer who was traded and stuff. I said, yeah, well, there was one other announcer in the history of baseball that was traded. You guys know who it was? I, I do not. Ernie Harwell oh. was with the Atlanta Crackers back in the day, <laughs> and Detroit would, had a – spare catcher that the crackers uh they needed like you know this catcher and whatever and so um tigers like well we'll trade this catcher for ernie ernie we wow. need a we need a play by ernie game. goes what to detroit <laughs> and the rest is like history oh trade. my gosh so, unbelievable um who was the catcher don't know we'll have to look I mean, that I, up we'll have to look it up we'll but, have that answer for you but but it's um that kind of made it all Tastes a little better at the end of the day, right? I'm like, well, if it was good enough for Ernie, then by by George, it'll be good enough for me. That's well, crazy. Speaking of backup catchers and announcers and everything, the clubhouse opens in 35 minutes. Get out of here. I'm not lying. I am no. not lying. No, I think it's an hour, right? Until two. It was 2:35. I thought. Oh no, I th I thought I thought it was um, Woody at 2:50 and then three o'clock. Oh well, let's keep going. Yeah. We just got a couple more because we're getting into what you'd like to do in your spare time and stuff like that. Sure. What do you do outside of the the the? I mean, you got kids. Obviously, you mm. one of your kids hit a home run last year. I remember that was a big yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And it, and it went over the fence. What do you do in your spare time? What do you like to do? Um, so spare time, I, it's really simple, right? I mean, obviously, family stuff. I think most most of us are similar in that way. Yes. Um, love to just do whatever the family's got going, or just you know, come up with stuff for them to do. But um, I love traveling. It's part of why the job's so great for me. Right. Um, I really, really, really love golfing a lot, and I try to golf as much as I can, and I just want to get better. And Do the sticks go with you when you – They when used you, to. They used yeah, to. No, they can't anymore, but um, – They don't allow it? They don't allow it. Uh, we, we don't have room on the planes anymore. Oh, okay. All right, because uh, you travel with the team. Yeah, and the traveling party's grown it's a, it's enormously. Enormous. Yeah, we had over 70 on our trip to – Toronto to open the season oh so goodness. it's it's getting big and there's there's a lack of room and then the other thing and this is this is an exclusive for you guys oh man okay. yeah. exclusive yeah. coming up uh, I I uh I actually will brag about this I make elderberry jelly and 
you're probably not familiar with it. You don't see it in the supermarket, but my mom used to make it when I was a kid. Okay. And we elderberries grow in the wild all over where I was from, ditch banks and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And we go down and we clip off these little elderberries, and they're tiny. They're they're bigger than a BB, but they're small. Right. Little berries, and they're very uh, deep, rich purple color. Yeah, anyway, that. it takes a ton of them to <laughs> to get really anything out of them. Okay. So, um, but then you you know you take the juice and you you make this jelly, and it's delicious jelly. It's my one of my favorite things on the planet. My mom's always made it, and I even as an adult now I'm you know 50 years old, and she's still for years has been sending me jelly. Right. But her jelly hasn't got you know it's kind of no offense to mom, but I don't know if she's if her heart's into it anymore. Okay. Oh boy. So, <laughs> but for about 15 years or so, I've been trying to find elderberries and cultivate elderberry so I could make my own. And last year, for the first time in my life, my own elderberry plants that grow like weeds in my backyard, much to my neighbors and my wife's dismay, <laughs> um, and make a, just a horrible mess. But every night after games, I would go home and I would, like midnight, I'd be out there with my flashlight looking at the elderberries and getting the, if there were any like stink bugs or anything, trying to get on there and eat my elderberries. I'd flick them off because I'm a nut. And... <laughs> And then I harvested them, and I made elderberry jelly last year, a batch and a half, and it's the best. It, it came out so great. Sent a bunch to my mom. She loves them. My brothers, they all love it. And it's So uh, you've it's got the, the elderberries going now. They're still I, there. And now, and now my elderberry plants are thriving. So, so yeah. So what's a batch? How many uh, I get about nine, about nine jars of jelly, which is a maybe a little more than a cup okay. of jelly um, in each jar. So I get about nine cups uh, or so of jelly and well batch. i mean if you want to start marketing that stuff i mean we'll 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 do product placement yeah. yes yeah. bring you on to talk about <laughs> it. Uh, I, might, I might have to bring a bring some in for you guys we're gonna have to sample, sample it you know, to make sure. you know and now all the bears are like famously you know antioxidant right, or whatever right, right. People that's, love right. them. that's how i know them. yeah yeah, yeah. But they're great it's great <laughs> it's okay a, it's a health food it is what you're saying i didn't know it at the time you know growing up i just thought it was sweet jelly so, so, so beyond the elderberries, yeah. What's your favorite food? What do you like to eat? Are you a seafood guy? Are you a, what? What is? You know, um, I used to be really a steak guy. Shocking from uh -huh. where I grew up. Right. I've actually, I'm not eating the red meat as much anymore. I'm kind of Albert Pujols during the pandemic. One of this whole thing, you know, about staying healthy and staying on the field, anti-inflammatory diet, and he kept me looking into all this stuff. And so I've kind of cut a lot of red meat out. Okay. Mm. I love plant-based everything. I like all this, you know, Miracle Burger stuff. But my favorite food has always been spaghetti. My wife's spaghetti is that so good. That answers the next one. So yeah. the best home-cooked meal is your wife's spaghetti. I love her spaghetti, yeah. It's just, it's so good. Um, she makes a lot. She, my wife is a really, really good cook, and she bakes a ton. And she's really good at that, too. It's like, I'm super blessed, man. She's, she's <laughs> oh. trying her best to Fat put me in up. an early fat grave. But... Um, uh, yeah. So, but I, I just, I've always loved spaghetti. I don't know, I don't know why. And she, she makes a, she makes a delicious, delicious spaghetti. Okay. Well, we're gonna do two more. I'm gonna end it with the one we always end on. We're gonna ask what something we don't know about Dave. Although well, I mean, the elderberry thing is pretty much. It might, might be the answer to that. Yeah. This is a question that gets a lot of fun stuff. John, John Daniels. It's you know, what's, what's one thing nobody knows about yeah. you? That's how we found out about Brock Burke and the sleepwalking. If you don't know mm. that story mm -hmm. about him and the sleepwalking, Jack Leiter. Hates peanut butter. Hates it. That's a shame. That's crazy. John Daniels has airplane underwear that he yeah. wears. <laughs> Do tell. I, I, it's a certain, it's like. Uh, they like bright colors. That he likes bright. It's a certain that he wears. He feels huh. he's been safe every time. And I mean, he's got his own 
underwear for the planes. And his wife sent him two pairs on road trips so that he has one to come home in so that, you know, in case he doesn't get to wash them. <laughs> That's exclusive. That is an exclusive. <laughs> That's so that was broken exclusive. here as well. It was. Yes. That was episode one of the video. Episode yeah. one of, the, of that here. So is there anything besides what you said that's something that nobody knows about Dave Raymond? Well, I suspect there are probably a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but the elderberry thing, that, that wasn't. That's that, actually that legitimately cool. wasn't that's exclusive. Nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody knows that. Um, mm, oh, I'm trying to think if there was any other. Lot of stuff that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> That's, That's fine. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I get poison ivy all the time. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all the time, all the time. And I swear to you, you don't even, you know, you think you have to be like in, in the it, ivy, in right? right. But I, I swear to you, uh, if I, if I walk by somebody who mentions poison ivy, You'll get I'll break out. And that's the it's strangest crazy. thing. I can lay and roll in it, and it never. No way. Me. Absolutely, it's the weirdest. Now I haven't done it in years, but as a kid. We'd be in a patch of poison ivy playing near the creeks, and everyone would get it, and I could just be rolling around. All right. It. Never Next got episode, it. we're getting some poison ivy uh, and rubbing it off. Yeah. We're going to test it on well, me. Yeah, make gonna... sure I'm not here for that. I get it I get it so bad now that, um, let's say I get a little exposure on a wrist or something like that. The old um, spots where I've had problems in the past will pop up. Yeah. Holy cow. So, like, you know, oh my an inside leg or, you know, down on an yeah. ankle, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You just that go one. hiking and run into it yeah or? yeah when i well actually elderberries back in the day uh <laughs> when we'd go down the ditch banks and get the berries i got i got into a bunch one year and it was awful and you know as a kid you know you can withstand a lot of stuff when i got over it next year it was time to go do elderberries again oh. i took out those same cowboy boots oh my god on unwittingly broke, right. broke out and i've got it everywhere again and my dad was at least smart enough to say like dummy it's those boots i was like yeah. oh it's total so sense. leaves of three, let it be. Is that correct? That is true. Okay. That is true. Or just live by. Last questions from a fan. Joe Siegler runs the big Texas Ranger oh, yeah. fan Facebook page. He wants to know, other than the obvious Vin Scully, is it, I think I'm going to know your answer to this, who is someone you would love to work with in a booth? Uh, anyone from any time? That's what I'm thinking. Well, I mean, I would think your, Joe Gary Joel is going to be your answer yeah. there. Correct. But, that yeah. would be your guy. What, what about, about yeah. if, if someone that's still around? Current guy. Yeah, current guy, you know, um, I, w- I was fortunate. I've actually worked with him, and that's John Miller. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite yeah. by a mile. Right. Um, and he's, you know, because he, you know, yes. he'll go, he'll go, he'll go off the off <laughs> the charted path that day, and he's just he's super fun. Um, so yeah, John's a definite guy. Joe Garagiola would 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 be like your dream thing. That would be yeah. Your, yeah. You would yeah. just sit there and stare at him the whole time, and I probably. Chat- Try to interject. So, so funny you say that because the the game I worked with John, that's kind of what I did. <laughs> and he was going off just on the earlier. 69 Mets and telling these great stories and stuff. And I was just sitting there going, You're just looking at him like I can't, I, 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 there's nothing for me to drop in here because I'm just mesmerized by your story. Can you can you impersonate other announcers? Yeah, almost. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Can, can but John you, for sure. Do one. Because John calls me, you know, and God bless him. He, he, but he's awesome. He, his introductions on if he leaves you a voicemail, yeah, it's it's always the same. It's like Dave, uh, John Miller calling. <laughs> it's two o three p.m. Uh, Central Daylight Time, <laughs> which means it's uh, just afternoon out here on the Pacific Coast. Uh, 
on, I kid you not, Wednesday, the 27th of April. So, anyway, just wanted to see what was going on. And you're like, wow, it, it took a little while to get there, John. He's the best, though, man. Yeah. And, and there's no there's no short conversation with him. You know, it's always, yeah, we play Stratomatic together. And, okay. Uh, he's yeah, he's the awesome. best. He is right. the best. Well, look, we're gonna let you get out of here. You guys are going both to the game today. I'm not gonna be there today. I'm going Friday. But uh, Ooh, looks like we're doing the heavy lifting. There you you are. You're gonna be doing. I'll be watching from your TV tonight, oh, trying beautiful. to see if you you call it right now that you can be. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping players. I don't. Want, we didn't want to waste all my material here. So. That's right. That's right. You had to That's say right. We'll see you if never, you, you never know what's coming. See if he tonight. makes any callbacks tonight <laughs> from here that he brings up today on there. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. It's Dave Raymond. Texas Rangers play-by-play guy. Fantastic having him on. We'll see you at the yard, guy. And thanks so much for doing it, Dave. You bet. Thank you. Okay, guys. Now we're going to go down in the bus leagues, and we're going to talk about the minor leagues. Big thanks to Dave Raymond for joining us and coming yeah, in here yeah, and talking awesome. with us now. We want to touch on the minor leagues because this Rangers today and this podcast is going to always do minor league stuff always. and focus on Let's always. go over the records at okay. each level, what they're doing. By the way, records mean nothing uh this is <laughs> exactly. all about development right let's go last 10 games down east they're seven and eight that's low a if you don't know how this works low a high a double a triple a low a down east is seven and eight last 10 games are six and four they're starting to yeah. pick up a yeah. little bit <clears throat> um you know there are a couple of names down there to watch for um it was a couple of guys that, that if well was in you that know way. i i'm i'm a i think i said this last week i'm a big marcus smith guy he's off to a real slow start but um you know, yes. you couldn't. We saw him at you, you couldn't get enough people um, to. I mean, it was just unbelievable how how much player development was all player over. De- yeah, thank you for finishing my sentence. <laughs> I, I, I was I was I was trying to think of something clever, <laughs> and it just. Psh. Anyway, yeah, people love people love Marcus Smith. He he's fast. He hits for power. He's he can hit for average. Too, boy, he's he's a really good guy. Yep. Uh, I you know he he and I talked about. Kansas City barbecue for a while because he's from Kansas City. He's a Gates guy. Um, so, uh, but anyway, good guy. Just off to a slow start. You know, he 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 only played three games last year because of a like a chronic recurring hamstring injury. Right. So, you know, he he he's kind of starting. Last year, you just really didn't really count. So he, he you know he's he's he played in instructs and everything, but he's getting some 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 real uh, legitimate feel now for a season and. Uh, Josh Steffen has, has has had some nice starts, and he's from uh, South Grand Prairie. He's the one that signed free agent, right? Right. The, the yeah. Draft, yeah. But the five round draft, you know, you, you're you're able to sign an unlimited number of guys, right. free agents, but only for twenty thousand. And uh, he, he, he was smart enough to realize that he didn't want to go to college, he didn't and so he got he he took the twenty thousand, and, and he's capitalized. And now it. now he's a he he's a major he's a professional baseball player. And he, I think he's opened some eyes, you know, sure. uh, last year with, with what he did in Instructs and uh, uh, the, the Complex League. So, anyway, yeah, down east, very young team, too. You can always count on your high A team being – or your low A team being young and having to have these little uh, hiccups from time to time. Yeah, and you're going to – that, that team's going to get better because you're sure. going to see the Cam Collies and all of those guys yeah. are going to eventually yeah. end up there before the end of the year. Hickory Crawdads, that's your high A team. It's a fun team to watch. That's a talented team right yeah. now. Seven and nine on the record. Last ten games, they're four and six. Means nothing again. <laughs> um, Venasco went last night. This is a name we've talked about a lot. This is a guy that that Rangers see as a potential ace. 
He has scuttled at first. Last night, he ended up going four innings. Mm-hmm. No runs. No runs. He had uh, five Ks and in four innings. Yeah. Uh, six. I'm sorry, six strikeouts in four oh, innings. Oh, okay. Um, and so that's what we know of Vanasco. He did walk to. I think that's kind of been his problem. Just a little more control. We talked to him in fall instructs. We've had him on. We're going to try to get him on here again. And, uh, look, this guy's ramped up with the injury. He hasn't pitched in a while. All the hype about his – I just think he's got to settle into his – Well, and he he probably is. You know, that that start probably showed him a lot last night. And, um, you know, his – you will still find guys in the organization who, who, when they talk about Colwyn and Jack Leiter and Owen White, say Ricky Vanasco might be the best of all of them. Might be, you know, yep. And then, again, the injury, the Tommy John in 20, not pitching in 20, then the Tommy John, then not pitching last year. He's sure. he's not behind, but um, I, I think I think he's got a chance to finish in double A. But you're right, he he's so intense and, and excited and wants to wants to murder the batters. Yep. He just has to calm down a little bit and, and everything else come together. But at, at high A, I think, you know, we talked about Evan Carter last week. He's yeah. still – Atop the lineup hasn't homered yet, but he's still hitting 300. Right. Aaron Zavala is struggling the second round pick last year. I think that's just a temporary thing. Um, but yeah, that rotation is is Venasco, Owen White, Roby, TK Roby, who had a great start last time out. Mason Angler. It looks like you know they've made three or four starts. They've each had maybe one one stinker. Or, you know, they're not they're not throwing seven innings at a time. So. Right. It's kind of like a reliever. You you have one bad start, and it, it takes it takes a while to to make the up ERA to, to make come. make up for it. But and, and don't always buy into ERA in the right. minor leagues. Let me tell you something. There are balls where they can get a ground ball that is going to be an out at the higher level that sometimes sneaks through and becomes sure. a base hit and an earned run. I'm telling you, it's 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 miles per hour off the bat that they're watching mm-hmm. missing bats, and obviously you can't be walking everyone. And sure. of course. Hey, when you get into the minor leagues, you don't only have, only have minor league players. You have minor league umpires. And these are guys <laughs> whose zones may tend to be a little more, uh, you know, kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, let's just say they're they're having to learn it too and get up yeah. there too. And that's yeah. why they're at that sure. level going sure. up. Uh, it's going to Frisco, 10 and 6. They're doing well. Uh, only 5 and 5 the last 10 games. That's another. That's Hickory, Frisco, maybe the two most talented teams in the system. Well, they definitely have the most, I think, the most pitching. talented pitching staffs. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Zach Kent came back yesterday for Frisco. He had right. been on the injured list just with a little hamstring thing. They just didn't want to risk anything. He, But he's one of those guys. Cole Reagans has pitched well. Yep. You know, Jack Leiter, of course, has Obviously, been sensational. Yeah. Uh, our, our our good friend Cody Bradford had a, had a rough one last time out. But you know what? When you, wins and losses matter at some point. You want sure. these guys to have success, win together. And, and learn how to win. But yep. there's also times when, uh, you know, if the roster's short or, you know, you're short on pitching or whatever, you're going to have a start like Cody had where he gave up 10 runs. And, yep. and, and he didn't give up all of those. You know, some of those came in after he left. But um, that's just going to happen. Right. But, the you know, these guys are, are very talented. And, and on the offensive side, you've seen Dustin Harris start start to come around. Yep. Ezekiel Duran. John Ornelas, who I, li- I really like. As a potential utility guy, once Third he learns once he learns how to back. hit, um, he he he's got a chance to, to to be a utility guy. I don't think he's an everyday player in the majors. Is he a switch hitter? I don't think so. Okay. Um, but anyway, good athlete and um, you know, the, Ezekiel Duran hit his first double A home or his first home run with Frisco. So uh, those are all uh, positive signs. And and again, ten and six. Our man Chase Lee still pitching good. Yes, our, our guest exactly. last week. So yep. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. There are a lot of concerns at Hickory at uh, Frisco right now. Well, it's it's nice to get a winning culture at the top of the organization yeah. too. So you got Frisco uh-huh. ten and six. You got Round Rock, who's thirteen and six. They've had a longer season. They started before the major league uh-huh. team yeah. started. Last ten, they're eight and two. They've been they've been going along there. Uh, what about Round Rock to win? Talk about. Cole yeah, Wynn came out yeah. early last night. What happened? Cole Wynn got got uh, got hit in the foot by a, a hard grounder or a line drive. Got hit hit in the heel. Uh, they took him out of the game. I think he was at less than fifty pitches. He kind of he limped out. Um, kind of, I, I guess I, when when he he was out of the game and uh, probably back in the dugout getting some or the clubhouse getting some treatment on his arm and his foot. And he was looking at uh, uh, his phone, looking at the Ranger stuff. And all of a sudden, I get a notification that Cole Wynn is now following me on Twitter. And so I take a screenshot, and I, I, I send it to him. And I, I say, I hope you're out of the game. Because, you know, he, yeah. <laughs> I think there I think there are some, there are some <laughs> times when you, you, you may not want to be on your phone or active on social media. And he said he had accidentally followed me, which I didn't know to take that. I kind of took it as an insult. <laughs> but uh, he, 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 said, he said, no, it was a good accident. And I was like, all right. Uh, but he said, he said he's going to be fine. So... He's, he's going to get looked at today. Uh, they hope it's just a bruise, and uh, maybe he misses a start. I don't, I don't know. but Probably, they need to be careful with him. But uh, he'd allowed two runs, struck out seven yep. at, at the time, and, and, and what, three and a third or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, he's he been very, very good. Um, I Again, I think he's up in by, by summertime. Um, yeah. tri- but, you know, Josh Smith, you got to keep an eye on him. His bat's woken up. He's playing some center field, yep. you know, once a week. Uh, Bubba Thompson, you know, I, everybody talks about his eye. You no, know, but, but people still talk about Josh Smith and, and, and Cole and Leody, but Bubba is, is off to as good a start as anybody. And so what was, what's the deal with his eye? Okay. So totally this happened, this. yeah, this happened night before last. He probably didn't play last night. He's probably out for <laughs> no. a bit. Went for a foul ball down the line. Couldn't see what happened, but you can see the after effects. Josh Smith tweeted it out. His eye was swollen shut. Oh no. Took a foul ball right off the corner of his eye swelled up his left eye um he was already open yesterday the yeah. eye was opened uh but they're obviously going to keep him yeah. out a couple of days get his you you want full vision out of your left <laughs> yeah. eye and it's more it's not about losing vision because of an injury it's because it's swollen yeah. you just want that eye to go down a little bit yeah uh it was he was trying to he was aggressive trying to get to a ball all the way down the line he was in foul territory uh and it just Hit off his glove, I think. Hit him in the eye, and uh, they got him out of there. It was a. We'll have to find that picture and show well, it to and, you. And we'll say this: left field is very. You, you talk to outfield, and they'll say left field is the hardest one. Yep. And and Bub is great at at all of them, but he's a center fielder. Right. Uh, and you know they're having to move around a little bit. So, um, and who knows with the wind and everything in Round Rock, it, yep. it, get, it can get a little windy there. But uh, we got to get Bub on. That's another guy we got to get on. I I love Bub. And his story, and, and everybody loves Bubba as like a teammate and yep. a guy. He's so laid back. He's friendly at spring training. Yeah, he got drilled. I, we were watching a, I was watching a spring game and somebody smoked him. Good. Yeah. It was like, it was like live BP or something. And um, you know, he took it off the, I don't know, let's say the hand, right. whatever it was. And um, the pitcher apologized, and Bubba goes, "No, man, it's baseball." He <laughs> <laughs> was just so laid back and made it made the guy feel good because you could tell the guy was upset about it. I mean, he apologized and. You know, you you don't want to hit your own teammate, but Bub was like, "Oh, you're good. It's baseball, man." I got it, man. I got yeah. it. <clears throat> so, but anyway, overall, the overall picture, upper levels are winning, and that's good. Yep. Um, because that means that the prospects are playing well. Yep. And and you know the guys that we talked about in the earlier segment about potentially coming up. Yep. 
It could, it could happen. Keep watching it. Watch what positions they do. Guys, we're going to end that thing right there. Um, we'll be out at the ballpark. You'll be out this week. I'll be out there Friday night again. Uh, so give us a holler. Go and follow this. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Go to Rangers today. Sign up. $35 for the just for the season if you want. Six months uh, right there. That's a deal right there. And I, I imagine if you do it, you'll probably go ahead and re-up for the year and, and do it another year because yeah. we got some fun off-season and stuff. And it's going yeah, to be a busy off-season. Yep. I, know, I know we're months and months away, but, but oh yeah, the Rangers are at the point now where they're going to be players in the off-season. And so year-round coverage. Yeah, a, a we beat, did it a with a walkout. <laughs> a beat a beer, beer rider doesn't stop. You yep. know, I mean, just because the players stop. Doesn't mean we we do. Doesn't mean the executives stop making deals, and it's it's news to cover. So anyway, yeah, not to not to shill every t- every damn time, but go subscribe. Yep, RangersToday.com, and go go hit the subscribe button here and give us a like. It helps us a lot, guys. Up until uh, next time, we'll see you at the yard.